And welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Ammon Mion. Today I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And we are back after a, a semi-long hiatus, just a few weeks there. And this is our first episode uh, in a post-next-gen world. So the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X have been released. And before we talk any more about that, I will just say that uh, today's video component of the episode is Ghost Runner. So please check out the YouTube version of this podcast to see that. Okay, so with that out of the way, I have myself a PlayStation 5. I have been playing the crap out of this thing, and I have a lot to say. Uh, I've been watching some videos on Xbox, but I'm obviously not as qualified to speak on Xbox uh, as I would be if I had a console. But uh, Yeah, I don't know anybody who has a Series X yet. Uh, well... I know one person who won one from Taco Bell, but I don't know them well enough to have heard anything about it. Yeah, I mean, so but just judging by impressions and such, like, everyone seems to be quite pleased with just, you know, next gen as a whole right now, at least the launch. Yeah. And certainly speaking from a PlayStation 5 perspective, and, and just to get the negative out of the way first, yeah, you get your launch day issues, your launch, uh, you know, like... I've had more crashes than I believe I did on PS4. Uh, really? Know, on At the same time frame, yeah, for sure. Uh, actually, they're all specific to Call of Duty, so that might be a COD thing. It might just not yeah. be patched properly. I see. I, I, don't play, I don't play console games a whole lot, but just hearing about crashing on a console just blows my mind because that just didn't used to be a thing. That didn't used to be a thing, but, you know, these things are basically just PCs now. I know, but, like... <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like a game should not ship with a crash in it. Like it really shouldn't. You want to tell? I, I mean, on PC, you're dealing with all this different hardware and stuff. But when you have one hardware spec, and like, honestly, like a game, I, I'm gonna. There's not a lot going on in a Call of Duty game. Like, what's crashing there? There must be a memory leak or something. Like, it must be because the crashes I experienced were in the campaign, not even like. See, that's just terrible. That's yeah. just really shoddy workmanship, in my opinion. Like, if 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 you can't get something to work without crashing on a console, you cut it. Like, that's just insane to me. So, um, not to harp on that for too long, but I I do did want to point out that this is indicative of maybe a larger issue. I've seen lots of reports of you know launch day PS5s failing, launch day Xboxes failing, and you know that's kind of par for the course. I think there's always a you know, it's a small percentage, but a notable percentage of launch units are defective, and it really sucks for the people who get them at launch and have yeah, that. Yeah, and that's case. not even like like it's not even that they launch a revision usually, right? It's just the first batch usually isn't that good. Yeah, I mean, as their manufacturing pipelines get more solid, you know, yeah. like these defects go away. But I just wanted to shout that out because it is an issue, and people have been affected by it, and. You know, I can't imagine, like, if I got a PS5 and it broke after, like, two hours, I would be very, very upset. Yeah. So all that, that out of the that's way. That's always happened. Yeah, that that's always happened. Uh, though I will note, it seems more prevalent this time, but I also feel like it may be because it's 2020 and, you know, everyone can instantly post a video to YouTube or comment on it on a tweet or something. And uh, granted, that was there in 2013. It's just, like... You know, social media has fully exploded now. So I, feel I don't like know how just... much of it to believe anymore either with all this console war baby crap. Like, yeah, that's I mean, 
again, uh, that's always been there too, but again, it feels worse this time. Uh, but I just feel like I, I could see know. some, like, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all to find out that some of these people having crashes were like pointing a blow dryer into the air intake or something to overheat it on purpose maybe, or something. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like, of course, there have been legitimate crashes, too, and legitimate oh, yeah. hard failures. Yeah, but I but I, I totally saw somebody on Facebook saying that they weren't going to buy the new Series X because they heard that they were starting fires because of that stupid vape rumor. But I didn't think anybody would believe that it looked so fake. No, but like, I mean, that's on, coming man. from me, somebody who knows video games and knows computers and stuff. You yeah. Know? Somebody else just saw a picture of a, of an Xbox giving off smoke, and that's scary to somebody who doesn't have any idea. You know, this was somebody saying they didn't want to buy it for their kids because of that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, like, as with most things, you know, like in 2020, you know, fake news is a problem that affects gaming as well. You know, like, mm-hmm. obviously, doesn't really matter too much for gaming, but... It's a lot Fake news has always been a huge problem in gaming, though, because... Uh, it really has. Originally, because of the language barrier, because a lot of games came from Japan. <laughs> True, yeah. Remember the remember the whole Mew under the truck thing? Yeah. That was fake news. But anyway, next-gen console launch. I, I agree, Amit. Everything I've heard has been pretty positive. I think the... Just comparing this to the Xbox One launch, which, like, I didn't really care about the PS4 at the time. I wasn't really following that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But I I followed the Xbox One launch just because of how angry everybody was about it. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. What a different time. Yeah, yeah. and, like, looking at this launch compared to that one, like, it's a huge yeah, you can look at an Xbox launch. One and say there's nothing to play on it, but that's small fries compared to everything that went wrong with the Xbox One. Like You can look at an Xbox series and say there's nothing to play on it. Yeah. Just correcting you there. Oh, did I say One X? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a mistake I'm going to be making for the next 10 years. So. Yeah, thanks, oh, Microsoft. Thanks, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so, yeah, so let's let's get in, let's dive in a little bit. Nitty gritty. Uh, so in terms of the PS5, at least, you know, just first thoughts, setting it up, setup was really easy. UI is incredible. I'm in love with that UI. Sometimes I don't even play games and just navigate the UI and look at the settings and stuff, trying to that dig up all the like, That's very on-brand, Amid. Yeah, it really. It sounds like Amid's like the perfect PC gamer already. Maybe, maybe I am. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, scroll but through your Steam library for a couple I, hours. Yeah. One pleasant surprise though is when I looked at my profile and looked at my games. Lo and behold, not only does it give me the play times for my PS5 games, all of my PS4 games have their play times logged there too. I didn't realize that they didn't have that before because um I think I've had access to that information. I think uh through I GOG think Galaxy. Have- yeah, you have to go through like a third party to get that. Yeah, but that's the only place that I've ever looked. I have all my accounts on GOG Galaxy, which is a pretty good app, and uh, oh, it no, shows my playtimes. Nice. But yeah, so I didn't even realize that was a problem on PS4. But that's insane. I love yeah. looking at my playtime. Oh yeah, I love that. And you know, I I that was probably the biggest UX omission to me. And the fact that it's there is is so it's so great. Granted, it should have been there before, but. You know, the fact that they include the PS4 times is is really good to me and sort of makes up for it. And uh, just, yeah, you I know, mean, realistically, back, this thing's backwards compatibility. Are you ever going to hook your PS4 up again? Oh, I mean, absolutely <laughs> not. Especially because, you know, all of my saves are backed up into the cloud, so I can just pull from yeah, there if I need. Yeah. Thank God you pay for that. I don't know if you saw that recently, but you can no longer uh, back up to a USB. Oh, to that's... A- Kind of you have to have PlayStation Plus and you have to back up to the cloud. That's the only way to back up your saves now on PlayStation. That's wild. 
Yeah, that was a yeah. misstep. Yeah, that's that's dumb. Nintendo leading the way once again. <laughs> God. But uh, so that first weekend, so as you guys probably know, I took Friday off to enjoy my console. So Friday through Sunday evening, I put in 31 hours into the PS5. Into what? Which, what game? Uh, I, I okay. So I guess I've actually pretty meaty. But I, I'm lo- thinking like, I've logged all my playtimes for my various games. So in total, up to this point, I put 42 hours into PS5 games. Okay. And I'll list them out as follows. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, eight hours. Demon's Souls, nine hours. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, seven hours. Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, 12 uh, hours. Oh, 100% in Miles Morales, huh? No, I'm not even done with the story yet, actually. Oh, really? I heard the story was four hour, four or five hours long, if you just went through it. I mean, I'm doing some side stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't really understand that time frame. That doesn't seem right to me. But uh, Astro's Playroom, five hours, and Sackboy, A Big Adventure, one hour. Yeah, you're probably not going to get a whole lot more out of Sackboy there. So, really quickly, just talking about, I guess we can talk about the games a little bit now, because that's sort of what makes this launch for me, and why I think the PS5 launch is quite special. It's a lot of games. Uh, It's a a lot lot of games, games. and a lot of quality games. Let me just start quickly with Astro's Playroom. Probably the most underrated launch game of all time, I will say. It is what it is just a bundle of joy. It's super short, but it's so so high quality. Like every second of that game is so high quality that I have no qualms about the length. I think Sony needs to give Team Asobi their unlimited, you know, carte blanche to do whatever they want and a high budget. They need to do that yesterday because this team is incredibly talented and can convincingly make like a mario for playstation through astrobot i'm is it the same team that that, um yes did astrobot rescue mission yeah i think astrobot's really going to turn into the ps5 mascot i think they really are going to play that up this time because like during ps4 the look of astrobot didn't make a whole lot of sense to me as like a mascot like what it felt like they were trying yeah he he looks like a ps5 or more more realistically a ps5 looks like him he came first yeah, no, and he's and, nowhere near as ugly. You know, you know that's <laughs> it's true. But uh, you know what's funny is the first time we kind of saw a hint of this design was with I believe PSVR itself, and Astrobot actually existed before PSVR. But really? it's interesting to think, yeah, because I think Astro had a demo game uh, with the PlayStation Four as well, but it was nowhere near as you know. Uh, well-made or as robust as Astro's Playroom. but I, I've seen a lot. Astro's Playroom is probably what I've seen most out of the PS5, and I love the fan service in that game. Oh, it's it's done so well. It could have easily been cheesy and like, oh my god, this is just Play, PlayStation, you know, bragging. Yeah, I saw a little robot but it's Dante so, from Devil May Cry, and that was the cutest so thing ever. Yeah, it's adorable. It's really clever. Like, these, it, it, these developers make it seem like... This is why I compare it to Mario so much, because Mario is so, it seems effortlessly good and quality. I'm getting those same vibes from Astrobot now. It's yeah, just it, such it, a joy to play. Aesthetically, and I think it reminds me a lot of Mario Galaxy, too. Like, just it, it, the, yeah, uh, I agree. the water uh, in it looks very Galaxy-esque, and uh, really just the color choices in general. And I yeah. say that in pure praise, you know, that's not yeah. plagiarism, colors are... <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the color palette is beautiful, and I think the thing about this game, obviously, 
just from a purely game design perspective, it's brilliant. The levels are really great. And so for people who don't know, Astro's Playroom, it's a free game with the PS5. And the, the whole premise is it takes place within your PS5, right? And there's four sort of uh, worlds you can explore in any order. And they correspond to different components of your PS5. So there's uh, Memory Meadow, SSD Speedway, Cooling Springs, and GPU Jungle. The GPU That's really jungle. stupid. <laughs> and each of those four are divided into four levels. So there, there's like you know a respectable amount of game there, right? But the the game itself and the levels themselves are so much fun and so high quality and remind me so much of Mario. But the thing Astro, the thing that truly makes Astrobot special is that it highlights what, in my opinion, is the defining feature of the PlayStation Five, which is the DualSense controller. This thing is the real deal. Uh, there were a lot of impressions, you know, before the PS5 came out saying that, you know, like this thing is revolutionary. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, like, obviously you can't really know for sure unless you try it yourself because like, you know, gaming journalists tend to get hyped and stuff and tend to overhype I just want to point out, I heard this was in a video about a Mario update, a Mario 3D All-Stars update, but somebody was so happy that they were able to use their GameCube controller in Super Mario Sunshine. They said, it's the best controller. And then he said, well, until the DualSense. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I feel that insane. way 100%. I, my favorite controller of all time was the GameCube controller. Uh, I've been very vocal about the fact that I've always thought Xbox had a better controller than PlayStation. That includes the DualShock 4. I thought, you know, Xbox's controller blows that thing out of the water. The Easily. DualSense controller is the best controller I've ever held. Like I, I hate holding my DualShock. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it was a downgrade from the PS3 DualShock. Although I, See, I, I love the DualShock 4. The PS3 yeah, DualShock I, I disagree bad, with though. that. I think the DualShock 4 is better than the DualShock 3. But the DualSense blows everything out of the water. I'm telling you guys. I, I and, believe it. I've I've <clears throat> strongly considered buying one for my PC. They've already uh, implemented Steam support for it. Yeah. Oh, have they really? So there's. Yes. So I think it might be beta. Um, and I believe it technically has access to all the features because i think all the major features all the major features except for the um the trigger capacitative triggers is that what it's called uh basically yeah yeah uh, every feature except that was already in the uh steam controller uh to some extent so all the it's just no games ever used it because it's the Steam controller, you know. How how good were the haptics in the Steam controller though? Were they extremely like- good? You could um okay. people went online. Uh, there were people who used the Steam controller haptics to play music. Any song you've ever heard or any sound you've ever heard come from a Steam controller is actually the haptics. That's really impressive. Yeah, but you know the so the Dual Sense is similar, right? So like when Astro's running, like for example, on metal versus on glass versus on snow versus on sand, all of that feels different through your controller yeah and And, uh, you never got any of that on the steam controller which was kind of disappointing but not surprising uh the steam controller's haptics were used more to make it feel less terrible to rub your thumb along a trackpad uh uh-huh okay but but the reason i bring that up is i'm hoping the dual sense um you know games that come to ps5 and pc i'd love to see them keep their dual sense support on pc i think it's really exciting because developers at least now do seem excited about dual sense features right so i've played a host of first party and third party games at this point and you know for games like for example call of duty uses the haptics so well each gun feels completely different 
each gun, based off its real like counterpart in real life, has a different level of resistivity for the trigger. As you're shooting the gun, you can feel the bullet exit the ch- the bullets exit the chamber on your trigger finger. Like you can feel the tap tap That's tap huge. of the gun that in your in your finger. Huge. Uh, so it's just a whole new level of immersion, right? For the longest time, video games have had three components of immersion, right? We've had rumble for touch, visuals for you know visuals, and audio for hearing, right? And Obviously, visuals and audio have been prioritized for the longest time, right? Well, after Basic Rumble, like, no one really took that to the next level. But with DualSense, touch is now just as valid of a feeling in games as your your eyes and ears. I'd argue Nintendo huge. took it. Nintendo elevated it with HD Rumble. But they, they, okay, to, so to they say what you're saying. It with it, HD Rumble, yeah, but it's like, nowhere that was close to the jump now we're seeing yeah. with, with these haptics. Uh, you know, so Call of Duty is just one example. Um, you know, like, and obviously, like, it's up to the developer to implement these features. I will say Assassin's Creed, barely anything. It basically just feels like I'm playing a regular game, which is a little disappointing. Well, Assassin's Creed's not really a next-gen game. It really it's it's a cross-gen game, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's far more ne- it's it's far more previous-gen than next-gen, in my opinion. Like, I, I've been playing it on my PC, and I really like it, actually. Uh, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's but I not. I will say. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. It's not a next gen game though. It doesn't do anything groundbreaking at all. It's yeah. You know, a by the numbers Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, but just to wrap around again on Astrobot, the the haptics are best implemented in an Astrobot, which makes sense. I think Sony really wanted an Astrobot to be a showcase for the DualSense, and I think you know like. Especially now that this game's out and Astrobots has gotten great reviews and people are loving it too, just like it seems like everyone's playing it because it was free. I think this is setting up a Sobi team to 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 be one of the next big players, and I really hope they get their shot. Because God, I might you have know, to buy a PS5. Astrobot Rescue Mission, it was great, but no one really has VR, right? Yeah, I uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, playing it on your PS VR was the PSVR experience. I honestly can't think of another game. No, I, which is weird I because, pretty much um, agree with you. Yeah. The they, only other yeah. game I can think of is Resident Evil in VR, and that's for a totally different reason. It's not due to level design or anything. It's just due to the sheer elevation of the horror. I mean, yeah, Astrobot actually made me jealous that I couldn't track my controller when I'm in VR. Like, because it used that in such a clever way. Yeah, the the mines over at Asobi are very innovative, and I'm very excited to see what they do. Yeah, and I haven't seen anything that interesting in that space, like you know, outside of the indie space since like the first Little Big Planet. Like, uh-huh. yeah, they, they're doing incredible work. Yeah, I just want to give them the props where that's due because I feel like they they are definitely poised to be a huge name. I think if they're given the right resources. Also, a game and, taking place inside your console is, like, my favorite trope of all time. You know, you know, like, when I started, I was like, okay, this is cheesy, but, like, I loved it so much by the end. You know, like, they just did it so well. Nah, and, I love that in Banjo, Nuts and Bolts as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, the logbox, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, like, after I cleared, or, like, it took me five hours to Platinum Astro, right? So it's not a long game at all, like I said. But I still find myself going back to it just because it feels so good to play. I bet it ends up being a big speedrunner game. Yeah, there, there's a speedrun mode and everything. So it's definitely oh, wow. set up for that. Yep. And, it, you know, like there's leaderboards between you and your friends and stuff. Which is which gives the game a little bit of uh, longevity. So that's good. 
But, you know, like after I 100 percented it, there came uh, a message came up and said, like, you know, thank you for playing Astrobot Rescue Mission. Look forward to Team Asobi's next project. So hopefully they've already got something underway. Yeah, I hope so. so. And yes, I, I like if we get like an Astrobot 64 or something, you know, like, you know what 64. I mean? Like, uh, so, some sort of like, you know, I guess triple A first party. 3D platformer with Astrobot at the helm. Like, yeah, I would be there day That'd one. be ballsy, because nobody's doing that right now except Nintendo, you know? Yeah, but, like, I 100% think that Astrobot can go toe-to-toe with Mario, which is an absurd thing to say. You know, like, Mario, like... I mean, even, like, a post-Odyssey Mario, like, is the move... Like, surely the movement doesn't feel as good as Mario Odyssey. That would be... No, no I yeah, Mario Odyssey's movement feels better better but astrobot's mu- movement is nothing to sniff at either it feels really good to play but uh yeah so obviously astrobot huge huge uh ups from me and, and a perfect showcase for that dual sense controller it's one of those things that really i think like i can sit here and talk about it and obviously it sounds cool but you really need to feel it to understand uh what i'm saying i think well, I'll just come on over sometime and try yeah. it out. Now, hey, that, now that you've moved five that hours away. But that vaccine's, vaccine's kind of <laughs> close, right? What? Vaccine's coming. Kind of. Yeah, but you live five hours away now or whatever. Yeah, so. but I'll be in Morgantown, you know, like. And you'll have your PS5 with you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to talk a little more about some of the other games I've been playing. If that's okay with you guys. Uh, go for it, yeah. Yeah, so I think the next one I have to mention is Demon Souls. So Demon Souls is probably the most impressive next gen title for me uh, right now, and obvi- and honestly, probably other than Breath of the Wild, the best next gen title launch title like I've ever played, honestly. And that's probably especially due to the fact that I've never played Demon Souls before. This is a fresh Souls experience for me. And my God, is it hard? And I feel like so. Uh, this was the first Soul, Souls game, right? And so, in in a lot of senses, it was like a prototype for what was to come. There are like no checkpoints in this game, and ma- which makes it just brutally difficult. There's like after only after you kill the boss of an area, you get a checkpoint, which is just wild to me. But so that's it, even like worse than Mega Man. Like, yeah, I mean, like each world is divided into several levels, right? And each time you beat a level, you get a checkpoint. Okay, like a bon- so, the le- so like, how long's a level? Uh I mean, the first time through, they're pretty. They can take anywhere from like twenty minutes to like an hour, I would say, because there's a lot to explore. Like, it's still a Souls game, right? Like, yeah. there's still, like, winding pathways, connecting secrets, secret items any- everywhere, which, by the way, I want to add, have you guys heard about the door? No. So, apparently, there is a door behind an illusory wall in this game that was not in the original game. And, you know, Demon Souls veterans and, like, streamers and stuff have managed to... uh use photo mode to look behind that wall and there's an item there uh b- behind the locked door rather and there's an item there and so no one knows how to get into this door yet and no one knows what that item is yet that's but, so huge 
I know this is this this sort of thing is perfect for like a Souls game, right? Like who knows what that is? Because like you know, if if you're familiar with Demon Souls at all, you'll know that the world is divided into six archstones, which teleport you to different parts of Boletaria, and those are like the different worlds in the game, right? But you know, infamously, there's only five available in the game because. From software never finished development on the sixth arch archstone, but it's still there and it's still broken in the game. So some people are really hoping that maybe this leads to like repairing the sixth arch archstone and like Bluepoint will have somehow built the sixth world with From Software. When you buy the key DLC and Yeah, maybe maybe something like that. Or maybe it's a hint. People are thinking it might be a hint to their next remake. Or something like that. But either yeah. way, this this sort of thing, like, it's it's it harkens back into a day when there could still be mysteries in games. And I feel like that isn't really a thing anymore. And it's super exciting because, like, everyone is, like, pulling all their resources, resources online, doing absolutely crazy things. Like, one guy on Reddit was like, yeah, I'm on New Game Plus 7. And, like, I did this specific thing just to see if this door would open. And it didn't. And it was just, <laughs> like, people were pulling out all the stops trying to open this door. And still... Right now, as of right now, no one knows how to open the door or what's That's behind awesome. it. Someone tried I, to glitch into it, but there's yeah. an invisible invisible box around the item. So you wow. can't pick it up unless you go through the door. So that's really exciting, I think. That reeks a DLC then. It could, or, or it could just be a fun Easter egg. I, I, really I hope it's a fun which, Easter egg. That yeah. would be way more fun. But the cynic in me says that if they put an invisible box around it, that's because they want to take money from you. But then, why would they put the? Why would they even put the item in if they were going to? Yeah. For it? So I don't know. Uh, some people have been speculating it's the saw cleaver from Bloodborne, just as a weapon you can use in Demon Souls, which that'd would be, be wild. Yeah, that'd be wild. What but are yeah. the war implications? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I'm so excited for the Vati video videos. Oh yeah, I was, I was just about to mention Vati video, and I was like, you, you, these people probably don't know who that is, but you do. Uh, yeah, he, he, I love his, that guy's channel, and he he's having a field day with Demon Souls as well. For those that don't know, Vati Vidj is a YouTuber who likes to cover the lore of the Souls games. And he just has the best voice to narrate Souls content. Like, yeah, very I, forlorn. So, yeah, so appropriate. But yeah, like just sort of talking more on the visual side of things, this game is such a looker. You know, it's it's a smooth 60 FPS. And just the level of fidelity and, like, the just quality of the assets, just walking through this world feels so good. And it, it it's one of the few things that truly feel next-gen, you know? Like, Astro felt next-gen for the controller. And by the way, the the haptic controller implementation in Demon's Souls is absolutely insane. Uh, if you, you know, when you swing your sword often in Souls games, like, it clangs against a wall because corridors are tight, you can feel the metal clanging against the wall, and that feels different from when you attack an enemy and cut through flesh, You can, <laughs> which sounds a little morbid, but, like, cutting through flesh feels different than cutting against metal, and, and just stuff like that, you know, like, so, again, like, those haptics just taking that immersion to the next level. And w oh, by the way, one, uh, sorry, I just forgot to mention this and I have to bring it up really quick. In Astro's Playroom, there's one level where it's raining and you can feel each individual raindrop. Like, <laughs> it's just so impressive. Like, as like Astro like pulls up an umbrella and you can feel each raindrop hit the umbrella. It's just stupid, like how how insane that feeling is. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. 
Because so, I forgot to mention before. Demon Souls, back on that, is the is the hub world as comfy on PS5 as it was on PS3? Because uh, uh, Demon Souls has always had my favorite hub world of all the Souls the Nexus. games. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if comfy's the right wor- word, but like I do I love like the exploring Nexus. it. Yeah, the Nexus is really I, I think it's really well done. And like I, I it just looks fantastic. Like I'm sorry, but like I have I have to keep mentioning graphics, but this game just looks so good. Yeah, I don't know if comfy's the word I'd use, but it's definitely got that like mysterious souls vibe to it. I remember when I was watching uh, Demon Souls playthrough in anticipation for Dark Souls. Yeah, that was like the standout for me was how good that hub world was. So okay, and then so of course Firelink doesn't Demon hold Souls. a candle to it to me. But you've you've seen all of Demon Souls then? Uh, no, I I watched it probably the first three levels maybe, and I know you okay. can do the levels out of order. So right, I'm currently stuck on the Flame Lurker boss. I don't know if you guys know who that is. I don't. No also, idea. But- I watched this in 2011. Okay. But I will say another big thing I have to mention for this game, the score has been completely reworked, right? So the themes from the original are still present, but now it's been scored with a full orchestra rather than like MIDI. And it just sounds so good. Like I, the first time I walked in the flame lurker lair and like the little cutscene for the boss, like played and he appeared and his music started up. I felt such a rush of adrenaline. Like, I knew I was a dead man walking. But, like, it just felt so incredible. Like, all those things at once. The visuals, the music. Just knowing... And you still haven't beat this boss? No, I haven't beat this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just, like, the first time I encountered him was like, this... I'm 100% going to die, and I'm just going to try and, like, figure out his moveset during this fight. And I was right. You know, like, I, I he, he wrecked me. But, um... Yeah, what an experience. This is exactly what I was expecting and exactly what I was looking for. And it's meeting, checking all my expectations. And I think it's got like a Metacritic score of like 92 on Metacritic, which is higher than the original Demon Souls. And I think that uh, in part is just, I want to give like a testament to how good Bluepoint is. Like Bluepoint is so good at their at their game, which is like high quality remakes. Like they showed us before with Shadow of the Colossus. And they're showing this now again with Demon Souls that they're really the best in the business when it comes to remakes. I think. I have not played any of their remakes, but I believe you. Yeah. I I think uh you know Toys for Bob gives them a run for their money, but. Yeah, they're 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 good as well. I mean, like I don't have an attachment to Crash, so wait, no, they did Toys Spyro, for Bob right? with Spyro. Okay, the yeah, Insane yeah. Trilogy was alright too. I don't remember who made it, but I haven't finished that. Yeah, the the Spyro remake was very good, but you know, I think this this Demon Souls remake might be the best remake ever. Like, just in terms of the the polish it got, like the visuals, the music, and the haptics now as well. It's just so impressive on so many levels. Yeah. But uh that brings me to I guess the next game, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oof. So, so obviously, like this will probably be the most popular PS5 game. You know, Spider-Man's a huge deal, yeah. and the game is really, really good. You know, like it's it's a it picks up directly after the story of Spider-Man on PS4, and I think in terms of next-genness, right, the haptics are okay. You know, like not as good as Astro or Demon Souls. 
like it's cool because like the resistivity has been altered on the triggers to feel like uh you know when spider-man shoots his web it feels like that i don't know how to describe that too well it's like it there's like almost no resistivity until you reach the very end of the pool and then there's a like a little bit so it feels like that web shooting out um very hard to describe but it's there but again you know the haptics aren't as impressive as the other two games i mentioned but you know like the story's great and i'm i'm loving it so far you know like miles morales you know obviously it's you know the same engine as the previous spider-man game he plays a lot like peter parker but he does have his own unique things his own unique abilities and even swinging through the city as miles feels slightly different because he's got his own flair uh when yeah. he swings yeah I've, I've heard that his swinging feels better than Peter's i think it did. does yeah i i i think it does and i'm not quite sure why because i haven't played the original spider-man in a while but like i remember it you know, like, obviously the swinging in the original Spider-Man was fantastic, and part of the reason why that game was iconic. And But I do think this game, just based off of my impressions with it, has improved it slightly. See, I the more and more I hear about Miles Morales, the more I don't really think I'm going to pick it up. Because uh, I, I, the more I'm reminded of what I just didn't really love about uh, Spider-Man on the PS4. So, like, I think I'm probably going to pass on this one. Yeah, so what are you referring to? I, I It's hard to put my finger on it. I mean, obviously, the stealth sections that everybody hated, but um, yeah. like where you played as Miles and where you played as MJ. Yeah, but, thankfully, that's not in Miles Morales. Yeah. It's just Spider-Man throughout, which, yeah, I those just, sections were bad. I agree. I don't know. It just didn't... Uh, I don't know. It just felt like Arkham, but not as good to me. I don't know. Uh, I, I was, I, yeah, I get that. I, I just think the... I think the the biggest selling point to these games is just swinging through the city. And that yeah. feels so, so good. And like, I feel like that's the core of what Spider-Man needs to be as a game. And if you nail that, you have a good Spider-Man game. Yeah. And I, I think, think it's a great Spider-Man game, but I, I remember I went out and I bought a PS4 largely because I wanted to play Spider-Man. Yeah. And then I ended up playing Uncharted instead. Cause I just didn't care that much about Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, oh, don't goes. get me wrong. Spider-Man is a solid, like eight, 8.5 out of 10, which is fine. You know, like not every game is going to be a masterpiece. Like, yeah. On my, on my you, scale, it's like me, six and a half or seven, probably. So that, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you, if you ask me like demon souls is a masterpiece and I think I really? must play if you, if you have a PS5, Would you say that about Astrobot too. Uh, yeah. Astro, Astrobot's a must play. You have to play Astrobot if you get a PS5. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way I get a PS5 and I don't play Demon Souls. That would be insane. Yeah, uh, yeah, Demon Souls and Astrobot, yeah, they they make this launch for me for PlayStation. Like, they make it incredible. But yeah, just sort of getting back to Spider-Man. One thing I did want to mention in terms of next-gen features, and something I haven't really experienced until this game is ray tracing. Right. So ray tracing has been around for a while for you know high-end PC gamers. But this is really the first time we see it. Yeah, this is really the first time we see it on console, and so it's basically the first time I've really experienced it, not through like a horrible YouTube video, right? Yeah, I feel like ray tracing is one of those things that, like, once it's been compressed for a YouTube video, it might as well not be there. Like, exactly. Yeah, like it never really dawned on me how good this looked until I actually experienced it myself. And you know, like, you made a really great comment in our in our chat earlier today, Connor, where you said, like, ray tracing is best in most games for cities, right? And I fully yeah. agree with that. Like, the New York in Miles Morales 
with all of the windows reflecting their environment like perfectly looks absolutely stunning. Like the city in this game, due to the ray tracing, looks incredibly next gen to me. It looks like something that could not have been done before. And I'm excited to see that this is just the beginning, right? Like this is a launch game and the ray tracing already looks this good. And we already know that like developers get better at using these technologies throughout the gen. It just gets me so excited to see where yeah, we I can't go wait to see here. what Naughty Dog does with it. Yeah, my God, you know, like if Miles Morales can look this good with yeah, ray when tracing. they re-release The Last of Us Two with ray tracing in a year, oh, yeah, I can't wait. Well, that's when I'll finally play it, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to say about Miles Morales, and that kind of leads me into another point, and I think I'll move into COD from here. So again, you know, with PC features, right? Ray tracing. This is my first time experiencing ray tracing through ps5 right another first time experience for me was my first 120 fps game it's life-changing isn't it and it was unbelievable to me like i you know like obviously i can tell the difference between 30 and 60 but i was always thinking like okay like will i really notice the difference between 60 and 120 and i oh my god yeah i absolutely 100 percent did it just feels like butter like the smoothness of the game can't really be described like you have to feel it yeah, I the the only reason I think it maybe was a a weird call to put 120 FPS on a console is that 60 FPS isn't gonna feel good to you anymore. Like, I mean, it'll feel okay. Like, so I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just weird, but like, just to like mess with myself, I guess. I played Call of Duty at 120, then went back to Spider Man, which was at 30 with ray tracing. Oh, yeah. and, and it took like five minutes or so for it to not bother me but then my brain adjusted and i was fine again okay so hopefully it, yeah. yeah hopefully that's how i am and it doesn't like permanently affect me right Ugh. yeah i mean i definitely like non non-fast games i'll, I'll probably have ray tracing because you can turn on performance mode on miles morales right yeah miles morales has a rock solid 60 fps mode with no yeah uh, i tracing. when i play that game i'll probably enjoy like the the or, uh the visuals for like half an hour or something and then turn them off and never think about it again because 30 fps in an action game is unplayable to me like no i totally it, get that I, and slower I games like, absolutely like if it was like assassin's creed valhalla is a pretty slow action game so i would probably be fine 30 fps on it but spider-man's so fast yeah and i i did dabble with the uh, 60 fps mode and it feels incredible like i have to say but just the fact that this is my first experience with ray tracing i was like i have to just have that on maybe yeah. my mind will change later on into the generation but that's another great point to bring up miles morales is the only video game on ps5 i've played so far that has been 30 fps everything is 60 plus which yeah. is huge to me like i didn't think we'd be here honestly like i thought but it's you also know, the only one with um ray tracing isn't it I so Call of Duty can have ray tracing, but that brings it down to sixty. Really, Call of Duty runs at sixty with ray tracing. That's impressive. Yeah, but you know, my like, impression of next gen, based on looking at the hardware that it's based on, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, is that you're either going to get, you know, 4K 60 or uh, probably 30 FPS 4K with ray tracing. I think that's highly accurate. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, like, like and, and with Call of Duty. I do think it looks probably worse than uh, Modern Warfare did, like just graphically. 
And that may be in part due to the fact that they're devoting these extra resources to high frame rates or, you know, like the ray tracing implementation. I don't know. But, you know, like, I don't really care. Like, just the feel of the game is so good at 120. Like, I'm excited. Like, I hear that uh, the Devil May Cry Special Edition will also have a 120 mode. And that Neo is getting a free next-gen upgrade as well. And it will also have 120. And that's super exciting to me. The only uh, thing, this is what kills me about these next-gen consoles, though. They're starting to introduce these options. And, like, my question is, could Miles Morales have run at 60 FPS at 1080p? Because, uh, like, why not? You know, like, it can run at 60 FPS at 4K. Well, with with ray tracing on, I mean. Oh, with ray tracing? Yeah, that's probably, probably and could, honestly. That would have been what I would have picked. Like, I, I absolutely would pick 1080p, you know, ray tracing, it, HDR, 60 FPS. It's incredible that you bring that up. I think Devil May Cry Special Edition has one of these options. I think it has a 1080p ray tracing, 120 FPS mode. I'm yeah, almost positive. That is, that's the like that's the thing that kills me about consoles is that like it, it's never really bothered me that much before because they haven't started to allow options at all. But now that they have these limited options, I'm like, well, like you know, I value ray tracing and I value frame rate. I don't really care about resolution that much. Yeah, I think as we get these more advanced visual technologies, I think increasingly resolution is probably the least important one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, 4K, so when, I, when I'm sitting at my monitor and it's like 1080p or 1440, I'm right next to that and I see the difference. But right. when I'm sitting on my couch looking at my TV, and my TV is 65 inches, it's pretty big, but like... I can see a difference between 1080p and 4K if I'm looking at a still image. But uh-huh. once once I'm playing a game and there's motion, I'd much rather have those silky smooth frames than uh than the extra pixels because I'm not going to notice those in movement. Yeah, and and perhaps as we get further into the generation, we'll get some sort of DLSS equivalent that will allow for you know AI upscaled resolution, and then we have the ray tracing and we have the frame rates. That would be the ideal scenario, I think. I would not count on that happening on consoles. And, uh, I, I, because I, I want to talk about AMD's RDNA 2 cards that they, uh, we just got benchmarks today. And I'd like yeah. to talk about that in a minute, but, uh, I want you to finish up your PS4 or PS5 talk first. Sure. Um, and so just one final thing when you mentioned options, right? Uh, that, that brought my mind to there are now, uh, in the PS5 menu options, there are system level wide settings for various games, right? So you can say, if you want the game to default to fidelity mode or performance mode in the system options, right? So you don't have to fiddle with it in the game. There are accessibility options in the system level menu as well. So like if you're colorblind or something, you can set things for that in the system and that'll automatically apply in the game. You can set things for difficulty in the system and it'll apply in the game. You can set your preset to like very easy, easy, normal, very hard, you know, hard in, in the system and it'll apply in the game. And I think that is a really sort of intuitive move yeah, uh, like if I, because uh, that's awesome. Because like me as somebody who knows games, like if I had a kid and I'm giving them a, a PS5 to play, I don't want them to have to choose easy if I can do it for them and like right. them never see that option. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I think that was a really cool addition, and just that's one of many like sort of UI tweaks that are really cool. Granted, like using the UI, it took a little while for me to get used to simply coming off of PS4. Because on PS4, right, like, you hold the the PlayStation button, and that brings up your, like, quick menu, right? And then mm-hmm. you can, like, shut off the console and stuff from there. On PS5, it's pressing the PlayStation right, button. Right, and you have to hold it to bring up the, uh, 
You hold the, it for five seconds, I think, and it brings up the big menu. No, not five seconds. It's like one second. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's like it's I, I had heard in a review that I watched that it was like much longer than it used to be. So no, it's absolutely instantaneous. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, you you um no, you press it and it brings up the the small menu. But if you hold it, it'll bring up the actual like it'll take you to the home menu right but if you hold it for like a second it brings up the full menu it's it's super snappy and quick that's one thing another another thing to mention about the ps5 menu versus the ps4 menu which was extremely sluggish like it took like 30 seconds for your trophy list to pop up or something like that you know i have never checked my trophies so i i did not know that the ps4 menu was sluggish (laughs) yeah the ps4 PS4 menu does feel sluggish it sucks honestly uh PS5 menu, so snappy. Extremely snappy. And I guess that brings me to my last point for for the next-gen sort of features, which is the SSD, right? So we've heard a lot about the SSD, and we've actually seen some interesting comparisons between, you know, Xbox's SSD and PlayStation's SSD. But I will say, from what I've experienced, especially for first-party games, right, like COD and Assassin's Creed Valhalla are kind of slower, but still, like, eons like leagues faster than last gen right but like talking about miles morales and demon souls and astrobot we're talking like you know sub five second sub three second load times it's just stupid like, I, it's I just, so fast sorry to interrupt you i just tuned out for a second because i'm pretty sure this enemy just made a jojo's reference and i'm oh no way i'm really? recovering yeah i heard yari yari days and i'm i'm, I'm out of it that's now. awesome yeah i love jojo <laughs> Uh, I'm lost now. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's sort of... Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Connor. The other thing I've noticed about this gen, uh, more on the UI side of things, is that like I think this is really going to be the gen of accessibility. Because uh, just firing... I, maybe this is an Ubisoft initiative, but like firing up Assassin's Creed Valhalla, immediately impressed. Like It gave me my like subtitle options and everything, all that before a moment of cutscene, before yes. a moment of gameplay. All of that, because I'm so used to, like, firing up a game and immediately hitting the escape key to bring up my uh, options menu. I will say, I think The Last of Us Part II trailblazed that uh, feature, because ever since that game came out, I've been seeing more and more of that. Like, before the game even starts, set your accessibility stuff. And obviously, you know, The Last of Us Part II hailed for its insane accessibility options. I gotta wonder how much of an impact Game Maker's Toolkit had on that, because he's been championing that for, like, two years now. I think that well, hopefully he had a big impact because like I think this is a this is a great thing you know like obviously yeah. it's like it, it for I'd people love who to see a little affect, more cooperation because Xbox has done some incredible things on that front too their adaptive controller oh yeah that's incredible yeah is that what it's called the uh, I'm pretty sure yeah anyway like, that thing what you're talking about I hope you can plug that into a PS5 and use it because like. I hope PS5 makes... I don't think you will be able to plug an Xbox controller into the PS5. I hope PS5 makes their own, like, adaptive DualSense controller. See, I think it would make... It would make so much more sense for them to collaborate on that, I think. Because it's such a complicated thing to do and get right. And Xbox has done it so well. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I it would be good, but I I doubt that there's... You, you can't make a, a dual... You can't make an adaptive DualSense. Because the thing itself doesn't really have any, like haptics or anything or buttons like the the adaptive controller is mostly just something you plug other peripherals into i believe and didn't it have like a huge it had like huge buttons right maybe we're thinking of different things 
I, I think it has some, but yeah, it has huge buttons and stuff. But the key feature was that you could, for, for the first time, like people who needed special inputs could plug them into a console. Okay, yeah, and, and I thought it was an actual like. So it is an actual controller, but I didn't realize you could like plug other controllers into it. That's exciting. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, and like that was huge. That was a couple years ago, and it was also like super interesting. Like you can open the box like with one finger or something like. They thought of everything on that thing. Yeah, and and you know, like I I do think this is a very promising trend we're seeing. You know, like games before the game even begins show you your, your accessibility options so you can set it and go from there. For the people it doesn't affect, like us, like you know, it's it's nothing. You know, you just like. Just I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't affect me. I'm turning those subtitles on. <laughs> oh yeah, well, subtitles are the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so, like, like that for, for the for the people that the you know like. For the people that had these expensive consoles and, like, struggled because they couldn't set these things out the gate, this is a huge deal, you know? Like, oh, yeah. gaming is becoming just more and more inclusive of everyone, uh, you know, despite some attempts from, you know, like, bigoted people for it not to be that way. But I do think, overall, we're trending in a good direction, which is really exciting. Yeah, I think it's interesting, because I do feel like Ubisoft is doing a lot of work in that direction, like, just from my limited time with Valhalla, which is interesting, because I don't think of Ubisoft as doing very many good things ever. You know, it's funny with Ubisoft. Like, I, the trend I see with them is, like, one step forward, one step back, so they don't yeah. really go anywhere. But Yeah, you know. and I'll, I'll talk about that in my games I've been playing. But, um, but yeah, yeah. That's, that sort of wraps up my PS5 spiel. I just wanted to touch on the next-gen features. I wanted to touch on the games, because I think the games this time around are so incredible and yeah. set a really good cadence for what's to come because just a little bit of time to touch on it as we hit our 54th minute i mean there's a lot to say you know <laughs> but you know like i would i will just say if if sony maintains this momentum i think you know like especially with what they have scheduled for 2021 playstation is going to be in an insanely good place uh obviously like i really doubt that god of war is actually going to make 2021 but we'll see but yeah, so Connor, what did you want to bring to the table here? So uh, I don't know how many PC gamer listeners we have, but we we got anybody who's an AMD fan got dealt a pretty serious blow today. Uh, the benchmarks, like the third party benchmarks for the 6800, 6800 XT came out today. And um, it's tough to recommend those cards to anybody at this point. That's, a, that's crazy. That's yeah. Uh, so we, like, like before in raw benchmarks, they pretty handily beat Nvidia. Like the 6800 beats the 3070, but of course it does. It's like 150 dollars more expensive. Uh huh. Not 150. It's it's more expensive considerably. Uh, and the 6800 XT beats the 3080. However, it's not by that much. Uh, in that case, the the XT barely beats the 3080. And uh, once you turn on ray tracing, it's like half the frame rate. It's terrible in comparison to NVIDIA's offerings. And there's no DLSS equivalent right now. Allegedly, they're going to bring one later. But even with NVIDIA having DLSS off, NVIDIA's ray tracing is outperforming them. So do we... So this could be my ignorance speaking, but do we think that like any of these issues could be ironed out through software? I think it's really unlikely. I think that their ray trace cores are just not as good as NVIDIA's. And I do think that's going to affect consoles down the line. Uh, that's, I yeah, that's think, unfortunate. 
I don't think you're going to get a good DLSS equivalent on consoles. I could be wrong, but I I just don't see it being likely right now. Because if it was, AMD has come out and said that they don't like DLSS. They called it not real 4K. And like, all right, sure. But that's not the point. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they've... And if that's true, why are they working on an equivalent? I, I think it just says that they don't feel confident in what they're bringing to the table in that regard. And um, yeah, it's, that's really surprising to me from an outsider. Like, you know, like from my perspective, at least, you know, like I always saw NVIDIA and AMD as like sort of the Sony Microsoft of the PC space. Oh, uh, right? no, it's never been like that. AMD has not been competitive since like the 7970, I don't think. And that was ages ago. Okay, yeah, so... That, that was over you know, eight years ago. I, I always got the sense that NVIDIA, in terms of, like, GPU, was, like, the clear way to go, and I was always yeah. had my eye on that 3070, and just hearing that all of this sort of validates that decision, so, yeah, it's kind of surprising to me. I, I, You'd think that AMD would be going toe-to-toe with them. It's such a weird thing, because, like, AMD, they released their 6800 card, right? It's only $70 cheaper than their XT, so, like... Why would you ever buy that? That's $70. But then if you're looking at buying the XT for $50 more, you could have a 3080. And like in the grand scheme of things, that's not like 50. It just doesn't. I don't know who this is for. Like, I don't know why anyone would buy either of these over a 3070 or a 3080 because they're worse for productivity. From what I saw, they straight up didn't work with a lot of the productivity tools that uh, Linus Tech Tips tried to do. They don't have is good of video encoding. Their video encoding is much worse. So if you're like a streamer or something like that, these these cards are terrible for you. Yeah, that's really bad. They don't have NVIDIA's software, and NVIDIA's software is excellent in all regards, pretty much. Like, you know, you have the DLSS and all, that's cool, but NVIDIA's also, with their new cards, they have, like, AI background removal. If you're, like, a streamer or on a video call or something, it'll pick up your body and remove the background behind you. It has AI noise cancellation. Like... It just doesn't make sense to go AMD right now, and that oh my sucks because I wanted to go AMD. I'm sorry, but I I that made me think of one other thing that I just have to mention, if that's okay. Oh, the audio on the PS5. Yeah, so the audio, so like the controller has a built-in mic now, and I thought that'd suck and be annoying, but it works incredibly well, like shockingly well. Obviously, like the voice quality isn't going to be as good as if you have like a dedicated headset. But, no, but I, I hate playing a game that needs a headset with a bunch of people that don't have one. So having a mic in that controller is such a good thing. And, and, but here's the shocking thing to me. So obviously they use some sort of AI sound technology as well because it only picks up your voice. Like it yeah. doesn't pick up your game. It doesn't pick up the controller haptics. It only picks up your voice. And not only that, your the the party member's voice sounds so clear through the controller. And I was just shocked. Oh, like your party could, members' voices come out of the controller? Yes. That's cool. Yeah, so the party members, yeah, everyone in your party, the voice chat comes from the controller speaker. And you can change that through the audio settings if you want. But, like, I I totally thought this feature would suck, and it really doesn't. Which no, is just a, I, another plus to this already stellar controller. But, okay, I'm sorry. Because so, I have so many friends who've, like, broken their mic or something. Like, I, I was trying to play video games with one of my friends the other day. I'm not going to name and shame, but like, (laughs) 
I was excited. I got all set up, and we started playing the game. And he said, "Oh, my mic's broke, so we're just." And I'm like, "Why am I even playing with you if we can't yeah, talk?" That, What's and, the point? And you know, it's funny. That's been such a common problem for like over a decade now. Ever since multiplayer gaming really became a thing, you know, like a mic was required, and those things break, you know, like. And this is such a, such a simple but effective solution to that. Like, if you're if you don't have a mic, doesn't matter anymore. You can yeah. talk to your friends just fine through the controller, and you don't have to like get up close to the controller or anything. You're just holding it, playing it as usual, and just talking. It's kind yeah. of magic. It's it's really cool. Okay, sorry to hijack that. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, that that's me. fine. I'm pretty much done uh, with my with my talk. It's pretty much just like the only reason to buy an AMD card right now is because they're probably going to be easier to get your hands on because they're also not as good for cryptocurrency mining as Nvidia's right now. Yeah, that's Last kind of a sh- that's kind of a shame to hear. I wonder, you know, like it's just hard for me to really. Th- I, I have to think AMD's got to do something right. There's got to I mean, be okay, some sort so of they, they software. Have done, they've yeah. done one thing right, and that's that's the gamer who thinks ray tracing is a meme and doesn't trust DLSS. Yeah. If you are that gamer, then AMD is ahead right now and a little bit cheaper. That 6800 XT looks really nice right about now. I guess, but like... I, I don't know if anyone nice. who thinks eyes and doesn't, you know, anyone who look, looks with their eyes and doesn't have weird biases is going to see the obvious. Well, there, there are a lot of people who don't like DLSS and would pick frame rate over ray tracing. And that person. But, OK, so maybe because that just sounds ludicrous to me. Can you explain to me why you wouldn't like DLSS? A lot of people just don't like 4K upscaling. They want an authentic 4K image. And DLSS has okay. been imperfect in a couple of games. So that that sounds like the same sort of argument to me that like uh, checkerboard rendering had, you know, with PS4, Xbox One. Like, it is. It's the exact unless same. you're some dude from Digital Foundry, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between a checkerboard 4K and an actual 4K image. Like, come okay, on. I would have agreed with you until recently, but the fact is, when I'm sitting looking at my TV, I can't tell the difference between 1080p and 4K, like by eye. Yeah. So like. The people who care about 4K can probably tell. Like, if I'm sitting at my 4K monitor sitting in front of me, I'll okay, probably yeah, be at, at a monitor maybe, but like, especially at a TV, like, I don't yeah, know. but a lot of PC gamers aren't playing on the TV; they're playing on a monitor. True, true. Yeah, I, I still think it's a little silly. I feel like it's so close that it probably shouldn't matter. But you know, like, we're we're in the hyper nerdy space now, like, so anything really goes. Yeah, yeah. Once you're looking at the 6800 XT and the 3080, you're definitely not at there are no casuals that are going to be playing. Exactly, that. yeah. But I, I really just can't... I would have trouble recommending AMD at all right now, which sucks, because I was rough, looking yeah. to Team Red being on top again. But that just doesn't seem to be the case. And I got... I got uh, I got duped. I, I was, like, looking for Linus Tech Tips. That's where I get most of my benchmarks from, and I was, like, excited <clears> to see it. And it the, the title of his video was AMD Didn't Disappoint. And yeah, they didn't disappoint you, maybe, but, like... They, Wait, why, why did he say that, though? Like, was he satisfied? Because they, they made good on every promise they made. They beat NVIDIA if you don't turn on ray tracing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, I guess that's kind of, like, that was the only way they could say they did that. I don't know. Yeah. And then there's still the fact that the 6900's coming out $500 cheaper than a 3090 with similar performance... That card actually it justifies its existence, probably, if you don't like ray tracing. But who who's really going to spend a thousand dollars on a yeah, graphics card? Yeah, exactly. That's that's tracing? like just, even 
like out of the hardcore, that's like the hardcore of the hardcore, you know? Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, you're you're probably gonna get okay performance with ray tracing on a on a 6900, but I I just I don't know. I will not be getting an AMD card, and that is kind of a bummer. Yeah, and I will be sit continuing for... my search for a 3070 for to complete my PC build. Yeah, I hear January maybe we'll be able to. Get our, <clears throat> I'm looking for a 3080, but I hear that's, January. I feel like that's going to be even tougher to get. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. But yeah, like I doubt I, it because scalpers I, I, don't have a. Scalpers can buy a lot more 3070s. They can probably true, make a bigger yeah. profit off of those. But all but, things considered, you know, I think it's a super exciting time to be a gamer. We're in we're in next gen ter- we're firmly in next gen territory now for both the console and the PC space. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's really delivering, you know, like the jet the the jump from, you know, the PS3 360 gen to the PS4 Xbox One gen, it was cool and all, but it like <clears throat> it didn't even come close to matching the jump between PS2 to PS3 and Xbox to the 360, right? And I think this jump comes a lot, lot closer to that, you know, like with everything from the advanced visual technologies like ray tracing, high frame rates to uh, the utilization of SSDs to make everything feel snappy and smooth. And, you know, like games coming out right out of the gate to take advantage of of those features. And especially on PlayStation's end, the usage of haptics to really uh, amp up the sensation of touch to kind of be on par with, you know, visuals and sound. I think yeah, it's a just, super exciting time to be into video games. I think on the PlayStation end for <clears> sure, <throat> and, and on PC, because PC cares about graphics above all else, essentially. Right. Uh, and VR is making some big leaps right now, too, but I'm not going to get into that. But um, I, I, I really think PlayStation is the one that feels most next-gen right now, because all my friends that have Xboxes are like, yeah, I'll be getting a Series X, you know, but I'll get it when I get it. I don't know anybody who's, like, chomping at the bit like yeah scouring uh, stores <clears throat> and you know an like Xbox. and just anecdotally like people are going nuts for the ps5 from what i've seen like like everywhere it becomes available it sells out instantly and like friends are messaging me and being like hey where do i get a ps5 and these are friends that i normally don't talk to but they know that i'm into video games and like yeah it seems like it's capturing the zeitgeist maybe not as much i mean definitely not as much as like the wii or something like that but like it's 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 got the public's attention, I think. Yeah. See, I'm like laughing at myself because I'm really excited to build my new PC. That's my big next gen thing. And I was like joking with my family the other day because I'm not going to be able to go home for Christmas because of COVID. Right. That uh, I'm going to get a Christmas tree and wrap all my individual PC components to put under it. <laughs> oh God. What a nerd. Christmas morning. But I won't be able to get a 3080. Yay. Yeah. So, so. it's all pointless. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. I don't know. There are a lot of components that'll be a huge upgrade in this PC. I'll probably just move my 1070 over for now because my 1070 yeah. is no slouch. No, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. But and uh, that's that's about a 1070 is about on par with like a Series S, right? Uh, it's probably a little better than a Series S. I think. I think. I don't know. I think I'm pretty close to a One X. Yeah. Which beats a Series S. Yeah, which is still really bizarre to me. I feel yeah. like that's that maybe a misstep on Microsoft's part. Incidentally, have you we didn't we we talked a bit about Series X, but haven't really mentioned Series S. Do you know anyone who's gotten a Series S? No, I don't know. I don't. I'm yeah. not gonna know anybody who gets a Series S. I I just want to say, I feel like our social circles might be not interested in that console. 
buying a Series S, like, I could see it being attractive. It's $200 cheaper. But I think if you do any research at all, you'd have to be out of your mind to buy a Series S. And I, I was a big proponent of the Series S. I thought, like, hey, 200 bucks cheaper, 1440p, that'd be good enough for me. But mm, I, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. I think if, if you're, you know, like maybe a parent or maybe a super casual gamer, you get a Series S, you get Game Pass, you're set, you know. And then you get one game and you filled up your hard drive like it or your solid state. Sorry. Yeah. But, but like, like do casual gamers play more than one game at a time. I don't know. They play well, Call of Duty and they play FIFA and they're not going to have room for both of those. How big is the hard drive? Uh, 512 gigs. You can have that's enough room for COD and FIFA. No, it's Come not. On. COD is 280 gigs. 512 does not account for the OS, so that's room for COD. <laughs> so, okay, so the funny thing is, COD did say 280 on the box, but it's, like, more, like, 140 when it's actually in my PS5, so I have no idea what it was talking. Maybe it included Warzone in that number? Maybe. But, yeah, but still, like, you know, that, uh, just commenting on that briefly, that is just absurd. Like, there's no way on Earth COD should be close to 300 gigabytes. No, like, there's no, there's no not. way. But, but I'm really saying, like, I, I don't see – it's $200 to upgrade the storage in an Xbox Series <clears throat> X – in an Xbox Series right now. Yeah, that's kind of w- weird to me. Like, And, and that's so well, at strange, At least you can too. do it. You can't do it at all on a PS5. No, no but here's the thing. Like, PS5 will accept, like, third-party memory upgrade, like, uh, hard uh, solid-state upgrades, right? It has an M2 slot. No. Yeah, they will. Uh, there's nothing on the market that it'll accept right now. No, no, yeah, no, not right now, right? But it has an M2 slot, right? And when, you know, like, when uh, PlayStation certifies, you know, SSDs oh, yeah. that are on par or better with the PS5 SSD, you can conceivably slot that SSD in no matter where it is, like, where you got it from or, you know, what have right. you. With Microsoft, you have proprietary expansion, which is really weird to me because, you know, What's I would expect proprietary Sony expansion. to do that. It's proprietary like expansion, Vita, you know? but it looks like they're not going to be the only ones making it. How does that make any sense? They, they uh, It's just like GameCube memory cards. There are off-brand ones that you okay. can get. Uh, but I, like, the I still ones. don't understand. Why didn't they just do what PlayStation's doing? Like That, I, that I don't makes more sense to me. Uh, I mean, maybe they think Americans are dumb, and they don't trust them to install an oh. M2. It's a little involved. I wouldn't expect so, uh, a, the average person to be able to do a PS5 M2 install. Yeah, I guess you're right. That that does seem like a step above just like, you know, like... And maybe they're banking someone, on the price going way down. You know, economy of a... Uh, what's it, what's it? When you sell scale. a lot of stuff. <laughs> economy of scale. I yeah, think. thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. my econ course in college. <laughs> I didn't just, take any... <laughs> It's just a sort of weird choice, but, you know... Yeah, like, it is. But I, I really just, like... I I really don't think... And, like, the if you want... If you're, like, somebody who doesn't want to spend a bunch of money, then get uh, Xbox All Access. Like, I think... I, I don't get why they made the Series S, because Xbox All Access totally opens the door for it to be an impulse buy. And... Yeah, I I don't know. I think from Xbox's perspective, they really were just trying to capture two markets, right? The hardcore market and the casual market, and they made a console for each. In in their yeah. minds, I think that's what they were doing. Maybe. I, and, I just you know marketing wise, you know that mindset. I've said that before, but it, well, you you know like I, I I kind of agree with you. I think I'm more sold on the Series S as a concept than you are, but I do think that like 
I think Xbox marketing is really going to go into full force, like Microsoft marketing, and really sell Series S to like you know regular families that don't listen to this nerdy show. Maybe. <clears throat> I I definitely. This is anecdotal as well, but I have heard uh, anecdotally again that the Series S is still in stock everywhere. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody so cares. I, I, nobody I did buying, hear that. that makes sense. Yes. Nobody. Series nobody X in that casual demographic was itching to buy a next gen console on launch right. either. I mean, I have heard anecdotally that Series X and PS5 is sold out everywhere. It's like yeah. impossible to get one of those things. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, always an exciting time. I think. Yeah, I, that's know, like the one time I'm happy to live in Morgantown because I can drive to some like small towns Target and pick up like right, whatever's yeah. impossible to get a hold of. Yeah, honestly, I've done that a few times. I I remember when the actually in Morgantown the when the SNES and NES classics were impossible to get a hold of, they were always in stock in the Target in Morgantown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perks of living in a small town. Yeah, one of the but, few. Uh, I, I think we're ready to move over to games and plan. I think yeah, we're yeah, I think enough. yeah, just uh, yeah. I, I think we skipped time. Amit this week. Uh, yeah, I've given you everything. So, uh, do you want to go first, Mike, or me? Uh, sure. I could talk more about Ghost Runner because I gave it the first two levels impressions last time, and the game has completely changed since then. I believe that. Like, I, I liked the first two levels. I played that demo after you praised it so much. Yeah, you finally get, like, abilities. Like, I just got a new one right now. Yeah, I was watching your boss fight, and that looked incredibly sick. Oh, uh, I'm going to level with you guys. Nice. I haven't had the stream up this whole time because it distracts me too much. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been I've been paying attention. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, paying attention. That's all that matters. Yeah. But the game, <laughs> it's, like a, it's almost a puzzle game, less than a slasher. Yeah, yeah I, I get, definitely I get that, that vibe. vibe. Yeah. I just had to, like, think the entire time. Like, if something doesn't work, I reevaluate it and then walk back in. Which, honestly, I like. Yeah, I like action puzzlers. I uh, I actually, this isn't my game I've been playing, but I picked up Manifold Garden and played it for almost an hour. And loved the visuals, thought the puzzles were interesting, but I just don't like those slow-paced puzzle games like that. So I, which is disappointing, because I thought the visuals, I was super excited to be looking at them for a couple hours. But, or however long it took to beat the game. But those action puzzles, like in uh, Ghost Ghost Runner, yeah, yeah, they're very fun to me. Like it, it, super hot level stuff, you know. Yeah, it feels very similar to Super Hot. Yeah. In terms of the way you that's like, a really good comparison. Level. Yeah. God, Super Hot VR was good. Uh, I actually need to play Super Hot. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Uh, the DLC they made for it was really boring and terrible. Uh, it was, wasn't it a standalone? Yeah, you got it for free if you bought Super Hot, but it was called Mind Control Delete, and it's not. I got it for free and paid too much. It was just a total waste of my time. Yeah, I heard it was. A- after having, and it was also, I heard it was really pretentious. I didn't get far enough to see any of that, but <laughs> which is weird because typically I would call that a good thing. I like pretentious games, but nah, wasn't into it. Ghost Runner yeah, looks good. Though. Ghost Runner is a lot of fun. So it, it came out of early access, right? No, Ghost Runner. No, was it there ever was a demo early It was a demo. Okay, okay. okay. This was a full release game on launch. <clears throat> which is kind of yeah, rare. Sad that that's such a thing you can brag about. Yeah. Now. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. rare now. This is a fully finished product. Yeah. It, it doesn't even <laughs> crash a dozen times. Yeah, it doesn't crash. Looking at you, Cod. Yeah. It doesn't, like, explode. 
multi-billion dollar Activision. Yeah. The soundtrack's banging. How's the story? The story was really weak in that demo. Uh, well... It's kind of Dude, you're, you're a cyborg ninja running around cutting off heads. What do you think the story is going to be? The story oh, no. kind of lies in the background. <clears throat> That's good. That that was really what I wanted was that the story took less of a precedent because I felt like half the demo was me climbing a tower and like very samey gameplay while a guy told me a story I didn't care about. Oh yeah, no, that's <clears throat> the first two levels are all exposition, and, and then, then it just kind of it kind of builds up past that. That's good. Like, I like that dialogue does not repeat if you keep dying. So, for a given section, as long as you get through, like, someone saying a sentence, that sentence will never be said again, even if you die. That is so good. That's really good. It's really great, because you can hear a whole story (laughs) in the time it takes you to get through a section. (laughs) And then you're just jamming into the soundtrack. So, it's it's very clearly a game where you're going to die a bunch of times. Oh, no. You definitely die a lot. Yeah. I think the first boss fight, which is this giant laser tower, which I could just pull up, actually. I don't want to complete it because it was a pain, but it took me 200-some deaths. Yeah, so now that you've you've died 200 times to the same boss, you're in the right mindset to try the Souls games out. <laughs> this one had laser walls, though. <clears throat> that was Wait, Mike, have you not played the Souls games? I have not played a Souls game. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you know, like, it's funny, just kind of speaking to that a little bit, it's it's funny, like, we, we see the Souls games, obviously, as, like, some sort of, like, you know, pinnacle of game design, like, they're huge, big deals, but, like, to a lot of people, they've never touched one of these things. Like, so, like, yes, they're popular, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, they come nowhere close to something like COD or even Spider-Man in terms of popularity, I think. Yeah. Uh, like I was talking to my <clears throat> one of my sort of casual friends, right? I mentioned uh, he contacted me asking about like a PS5, and he doesn't really game too much, right? Yeah. But I mentioned Demon Souls, and he was like, "Oh, what's that?" I was like, "Oh, it's like Dark Souls," and he was like, "Oh, what's that?" I was like, what's "Oh, Dark okay. Souls. <laughs> Never oh, wow. mind. <laughs> yeah." Some of us, some so. of pe- <clears throat> still people who haven't been tainted by by the memes. Yeah. The innocent few. Uh, so if you're ready, I'm gonna move on to mine now, Mike. Yeah, you're go ahead. Uh, I I'm not really gonna talk about one game. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Ubi Ubi Play Plus. I think it's called. It's whatever. It's the subscription service where you get all of Ubisoft games for. So game Game Pass for Ubisoft, basically. Yeah, it's fifteen bucks a month. I I'm not gonna renew my subscription. I bought it mostly to play Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, which, which I which hasn't been received too hot, right? No, uh, not by me either uh, yeah. that game i i think part of it is that the <clears> performance <throat> isn't very good which makes it difficult for me to sit through knowing i'm gonna have a new pc soon uh but yeah it runs really bad and honestly like it's really easy and watchdogs 2 wasn't hard at any point but watchdogs legion is like kind of bad i don't get it like it's so stupidly easy that i'm not having fun like you know it's 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 tough because like i feel like with watchdogs like there's so much potential there but i feel like ubisoft never really realized the potential of that ip it's seriously bad like i'm maybe five or six hours into the game so like i'm not 
in baby easy mode anymore. I shouldn't be. But like in Watch Dogs 2, I felt like I was really cool and did really well if I could finish a mission without ever stepping foot on the premises. Like if I was able to like hack my way through everything and never actually go in. In Watch Dogs Legion, I feel like an idiot if I did have to do that. Like because like there are so many missions where like like some computers and stuff you need to physically interact with, which means either you get your character or a spider drone to that thing. And so many of those missions have a spider drone sitting next to the computer already, and you can just like hack that and then you're done. Like you didn't do anything. That's it's lame. so common. And there's like all these missions where the <clears throat> they act like the challenge is like you need to get to the roof, but one of the first things they make you do is recruit a construction worker, and construction workers can summon a construction drone that you just climb on top of and ride to the roof. Like, I feel like if you're actually engaging with any of the systems in this game, then you have optimized the fun out of it already. Like, I'm thinking maybe if I just stopped doing that and played it as a shooter, I'd have more fun, but I don't know. And it's that also totally like, defeats the purpose of wa- that. That gets yeah, rid that of what makes Watch, Watch Dogs, Dogs unique, you know. And like, yeah. I feel like they also super. <laughs> defeat the purpose of having the recruitment system because there are special missions that are always available to you that end with recruiting a super character that's like better than somebody you can just find on the street so why would i ever recruit people i just find on the street Hmm. you ask well there's permadeath in the game which i have turned on because i wanted to increase the difficulty a little bit (coughs) i've lost one character it's not you have to turn it on i thought that was yeah permadeath is not on by default no. What? That was the whole premise of the what they showed us. Like your character yeah. dies and it switches to another one. That's that sucks. happens, but because they, they go to the hospital for a while or they get arrested for a while, uh, if you have permadeath off. But I have oh, permadeath okay. on. I have lost one character, <laughs> and it was not to the game. It was because I was goofing around and accidentally dropped a box on them from a construction drone. Okay. Oh, I have never had a. I have never lost a mission. And that didn't even count as a loss. It just put me in a new character, and then the mission ended. And I it yeah. was given a success. Like It's just not... It's so close to being really fun, I feel like. But, like, I don't know. There was all this fun stuff you could do in Watch Dogs 2 where you, like, unlocked these new cool hacks and stuff. And in Watch Dogs Legion, those hacks are still there, but they're individual to a recruit. But what that means is overall you just feel way less powerful. And as a result of you being less powerful, everything's easier because they can't count on you having any one ability, I guess. I don't know. It's just lame. It's super lame. And I almost feel like the only way I'm going to enjoy this game is by playing as the worst characters, which are also the least fun because they don't have the cool stuff. I don't know. Have you played as the grandma yet? What? The grandma. Have you played played as the grandma yeah, I've yet? Yeah, I played as I'm the sure. grandma, and it's just kind of I don't know. The novelty's there, but it's stupid. <laughs> like I, I saw a couple characters walking <clears> down <throat> the street that had like chronic flatulence or something, and like the downside was that they would be noticed really easily when they're trying to be stealthy. Okay. And there there are a few missions where I've had fun. It's just it's that there have been so many missions where these uh, these blunders have been so frequent that like I don't know. They outweigh it, especially when I'm doing like what I'm doing, which is renting the game. It, yeah. it makes me like really notice every flaw as like, you know, I'm not going to not going to rent this game again. Mm-hmm. However, that said, uh, I would recommend Ubisoft Plus if you like Ubisoft games, because I was able to drop Watch Dogs 
And for my same fifteen dollars, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I like a lot. Like, yeah, it's not you know, it's not an incredible game. I'd have never paid sixty dollars for it. I'd have felt felt incredibly ripped off if I did that. It's but like, it's, it's comfort food in in my opinion. Yeah, it's absolutely something you sit back. It's it's like a movie that you don't care about. You know, you just put it on in the background almost and turn your mind off and yeah. watch the movie play. The combat's yeah. nothing spectacular, but it's engaging enough that like, you know, I'm not watching it happen. I'm helping at least. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I do find the whole premise of Vikings pretty cool. I do find that cool. Uh, I will move into games. I've been playing as Valhalla. Now I like Valhalla. I think my main issue with it is that the traditional Assassin's Creed mechanics uh, there's a lot of ludonarrative dissonance there. Like, I like the stealth and stuff in Assassin's Creed games well enough, and it feels yeah well for my the, liking to use exactly them. the assassin. So I'm about I, I think I said like nine hours in or so, eight hours. I think in. we're at about the same place then because I am yeah also the, nine the or assassin 10 stuff really just feels sort of tacked on right now. And obviously yeah, we're I, still early into the game, so that could change. But it's just like just make a Viking game. It doesn't have to be an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, yeah and I, I felt like for a bit, like, maybe Eivor was going to go through some critical character development that was going to make him more comfortable, and, and as a result, me more comfortable with the assassin stuff, and that's that's just not happening. And yeah. it's also, frankly, it's harder to do the assassin stuff than it is to do to just call in a raid and destroy the town entirely yeah. instead of looking for your target. No, I'm, I'm absolutely playing more as a Viking than I am an assassin, like... Yeah, me too. It just that's feels fine. way more appropriate. It, yeah, if it, it's a fun game doing that in, it just feels <clears throat> kind of weird. Like, like when Sigurd, your um, yeah. <laughs> basically like your brother slash best friend guy that mm-hmm. you go on missions with. At the beginning of a mission, he always says something like, "Uh, all right, we can stealth this or we can Viking this. You know, whatever you want to do." And <laughs> Bro, and I think at one what? point he he almost literally said that, and I was like, "Sigurd, you know me better than that." Like, Sigurd, you know. Sigurd, you just got back from, like, raiding and pillaging all across England. Like, what? Yeah, what do you, what do you <laughs> think I'm going to do? Like, <laughs> but that's okay. Because it's a better game than Watch Dogs Legion so far. It also, I, I heard you saying that the game was fairly poorly optimized and stuff, but, like, for, maybe for, that's for true. Series X. It, yeah, it's, okay. it runs buttery smooth on PS5. It's Space running Dogs. extremely well on my PC. And that's, that's like... Like, I, I was hesitant after you told me that, and I, like, turned on, like, adaptive resolution and stuff, and I don't think, I think occasionally my resolution dips, which I love that feature in PC games. It's not there often enough. I would so much rather my resolution dip than my frame rate. Yes. Uh, but, and, um, and, and to just sort of clarify my comments from before a bit, uh, when we were talking in private, uh, I was strictly talking PS5 and Series X versions of the game. I I didn't know anything about the PC version. It runs extremely well on my PC, and I'm very happy with it. And That's I good. got, I don't know if I'm going to finish it, but I got some good entertainment out of it. I will probably revisit Watch Dogs Legion on the show once I have my new PC built, because all, and uh, you probably will too, because all uh, 3000 series cards are being bundled with Watch Dogs Legion huh. uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Which is how I got my copy <laughs> of Watch Dogs 2 as well. Here's the thing, though, like, uh, it, I hear that even on the 3090, with all the bells and whistles turned on, Watch Dogs does not perform well. Yeah, yeah I heard but it is yeah. not great on the performance front. Well, that's those are with DLSS off typically. When when people run those all bells and whistles uh, benchmarks, they typically disable yeah. DLSS. Okay. And so I imagine you can get an extremely if I <clears throat> I bet I can turn on DLSS and upscale 1080p to 1440p and have all the bells and whistles on and have a very good time. 
Yeah. And barring that, I can upscale 720p to 1080p and not care and just play it on right. the TV. <laughs> like, I I really think I'm going to have a... I, I don't know. I want to give that game a second chance. But right now, it is... The performance is what tips it over the edge into not being worth my time right now. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like I will, I will say, like I always wanted Watch Dogs to be more than it is because I really do feel like it has untapped potential, but it doesn't really seem like Ubisoft is I, realizing. Yeah, it. I would love for an almost Deus Ex level Watch Dogs game because it it really does have immersive sim elements, and it just wastes them. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I yeah, the hacking stuff is super fun. It it it, it could be a lot more like. Because I, I feel like they've fixed the problem I had in Watch Dogs 2, where it felt terrible to kill people because it felt like something the characters wouldn't do by introducing characters that absolutely would kill. Like, they don't have a problem with it. Uh, because, you know, you can play as whoever you want now. The The problem is now, I feel no urge to kill anybody because it's so easy not to. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just don't... I don't know. There, it... Playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and then playing Watch Dogs Legion, it is unbelievable to think that they came from the same company. Because Legion is polished to a mirror... Or no. Valhalla is polished to a mirror machine, and Watch Dogs feels like an early access game. But here's the thing. You know, Ubisoft is so big. It's basically like... They might as well have been different studios working on it, you know? Like, Ubisoft consists of like a dozen plus studios at this point, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just wish Watch Dogs got a little more love because I want that series to be good. I, I honestly am thinking about just going back and playing Watch Dogs 1. It didn't receive terribly good reviews, but I, I have a feeling I'll like it more than Legion. Yeah, I think 2 is the best of the three. 2 is the best, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Which is sad. Because 2 was just, 2 was just good. 2, it wasn't two was just good, yeah. In my, yeah, in my opinion. I think Mike was more warm on it, but. I, I was pretty warm on it. Uh, good you know, getting me to call a game good isn't easy. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was disappointed. I think I've said on the podcast before that Legion was going to be a day one buy, and I'm really yeah. glad that I didn't do that, because <laughs> I would have... You know, that's why, like, yeah. unless you, I don't know, in general, unless, like, I know, like, unless it's, like, a Naughty Dog game or, like, a, uh, or a FromSoft game or something like that, you know, like, I always, like, check or reviews... Do. Yeah. Well, I haven't really played Doom, but Doom is one of those for sure as well. But, you know, like unless it's a game you know is going to be quality from people you know who are good at making games, it's it's always better to just see impressions. Yeah. But all right, I think, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. I do Very... I do want to say, if you like Ubisoft games, I didn't even know Ubi Play Plus existed. If you like Ubisoft, like if you like Assassin's Creed, I uh-huh. don't. I, I'm not in love with Assassin's Creed, but I had toyed with the idea of getting Origins and Odyssey, and now I have them both, as well as Valhalla. Like, Ubi Play Plus is an extremely good value if you like those games. Yeah, and I will say, maybe, especially, like, after Valhalla, you know, like, Valhalla's, like, comfort food. Odyssey and Origins might feel like junk food, honestly. It's just oh, really? <laughs> more more of the same, See, but thought, less polished, I, thought I think. It wouldn't feel as bad to do the assassination stuff in those, maybe. <clears throat> no, I feel. Uh, I think it feels worse in Origins. In, well, in Origins, at least tonally, it feels more appropriate. Odyssey, it makes no sense. You're like a, mm. you know, you're like a Athenian warrior, but mm. but yeah. 
Well, that's that for me. Okay. So wrapping up for real now, thank you guys for listening. I think it's a super exciting time in general, even though we kind of ended on a down note, but you know, for games in general, I think next gen is here. That's what Connor brings to the table. Next gen is here and it's good by all measures and it's really exciting. Uh, So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yep. Anytime. And you can follow us at ad podcast game talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, review us on YouTube and any podcast service you use. And we'll catch you next week. See ya.